I possess the most advanced entertainment algorithm in the world, and it produces near-perfect products. Did he wink with the red light? I think he did, yes, he did. Like the red light blink? Just wink. Up to the internet. <laughs> well, the internet will happily oblige with that debate, my friend. <laughs> Welcome back to New Rockstars. The She-Hulk finale brings an end to one era of the MCU as the final multi-episode MCU streaming series on Disney Plus of Phase 4. Black Panther Wakanda Forever is coming to theaters November 11th, and the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special will be another Marvel Studios special presentation coming at the end of this year. But starting in 2023, Phase 5 will begin with Quantumania and Secret Invasion. So today, we are going to assess the state of MCU Phase 4 streaming series with our individual rankings and we can all agree that whatever your thoughts are in this current transition period we need to talk about Kevin! Kevin! <laughs> <laughs> this is Inside Marvel, New Rockstar's weekly Marvel reaction show. I'm Eric Voss. With me today is Jessica Clemens and MT, and we are terrified to rank these titles. <laughs> Yo, like, people have been asking me to rank these MCU titles for, like, for months now. I was like, yo, MT, like, what's your ranking? And I'm just like, you know what? I don't really like ranking them. Well, today's the day. Today's the day. The thing we're is, gonna we're gonna rank these these. We've titles. done this on the break room with like the phase four movies, and the situation is I rank mine based off what I enjoy, and it still will start a exactly. circus amongst people. And so if you guys if you guys put it in more niche terms and you're like, okay, well, which ones do you think is cinematically best or the writing's best or better for the MCU? I can rank those, but this is what I like. This is what I like. This is true. There, there right. is no wrong answer. <laughs> yes, there, there is. There is no wrong answer, but there's also no <laughs> right answer uh, because everyone's going to come after us anyway. And you know what, Jess? I think what you say, uh, your way of ranking things is a smarter way to do it. I just do it based off of how I'm feeling when we hit play on this recording <laughs> because I'm like, my opinion, my ranking is constantly changing. If we were to do another one of these episodes next week, I would probably change the ranking. So really, this is just a snapshot for how we're feeling in the wake of She-Hulk finale. <laughs> Which I think is a fair time to, to snap a Polaroid of us right now, because that that really is how uh, you're feeling. You know, when we walked out of the theater for Thor Love and Thunder, I was feeling one way. But like months later, I'm like, oh, I don't know if that stayed with me as I, much as I thought. I said it was my favorite thing that ever hit the MCU. And then after I listened to a lot of people, I was like, maybe I was <laughs> high off watching it. You know, not not like like the high of like after you leave a theater and you're like, oh, that was great. And it was the most recent MCU movie we saw. And I cried. And then I have to come out and be like, it's not my number one. Like, yeah, it's my number one. Oh, but yeah, now it's not. Hey, I man, think there's, you, you got distracted after uh, Zeus flicks too hard. That is true. That, that's what <laughs> I, said, I think we all did. Sword. Hey, but you know what? I think there is a legitimacy to rating a movie that way. As you walk out of a theater, might be the most sacred time in a movie-going experience when you're supposed to calibrate your feelings on it. When you come out in that theater lobby, you get the smell of the popcorn for the next batch of people going into the theater, and you're talking with your friends outside the theater in the lobby. For me, as a, as a movie lover, that is the most precious time that those are the moments I remember the most, like after going to see like The Dark Knight or Inception uh, or other movies not directed by Christopher Nolan. Like when I'm in the parking lot with my friends or we're going to Steak and Shake afterwards and we're all like talking about what we liked and what we didn't like, that's that's when you're supposed to uh, fortify or, or, or cement, capture in stone exactly how you felt about a movie. And then sometime later in your life when you watch it with like a, a loved one or with your family, then your feelings about it change. But I think it's important to capture that moment right after seeing a movie and it's not wrong for having for feeling a high or a buzz because that's what the filmmaker is designing these movies to make us feel just rant I, over i'm sorry for yelling at you both no no dude, this is totally fine personally after i walk out of the theater i like to adopt the personality of the main character as i'm walking i don't out. like that because that's the time uh, to do that it's the, that feeling where you walk out of the theater and you're just like you know what i am Leonardo DiCaprio in Inception. I will okay. uh, shoot someone in my dreams for for the sequel. See, I was like, yeah, um, you see the Batman and you're like, you know what? I should fight crime on a scale of what I think is bad and good. Exactly. But after I watched the Batman, I was like, maybe something maybe, is in the yeah, way. Maybe ooh, ooh, I, maybe something maybe is in the I way. Maybe I am the shadows. Maybe I am the night. Hmm. Oh my Worth God. Pondering. I love you both so much. I can't wait to um, destroy our professional reputations by ranking these titles. Um, 
So let's just dive into it. Um, so MCU Phase Four rankings were limited just to the Disney Plus shows. Now we don't we didn't know at the start of Phase Four when exactly Phase Four began or when it would end. But at Comic Con last summer, Kevin Feige firmly drew the boundary lines by confirming that Phase Four would end with Black Panther: Wakanda Forever in November, and Phase Five would begin with Ant Man: The Wasp: Quantumania in February. Now that means She Hulk was the final Disney Plus MCU streaming series of Phase Four. And again, we still have the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special coming this year. But like Werewolf by Night, that will be a one-off special presentation it is mcu canon just not the same kind of multi-chapter narrative that seriously aims to move the ball forward in meaningful ways though i guess you could argue not all these multi-episode series have done that but i think just the intent by uh marvel studios by how they're presenting these stories to us i think we should we should rate these multi-episode stories on a different basis so that leaves us eight titles that we're going to be looking at today. WandaVision, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, Ms. Marvel, and She-Hulk. For now, we're going to leave out the movies. We're going to leave out Werewolf by Night. And we're going to leave out I Am Groot, but we will add those in later in different ways in this episode. So um, we're, we're going to go one by one, and we're going to start at the bottom of our rankings. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. Sorry. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk about why they didn't work for us, but that doesn't mean mm. that they're horrible because we're just ranking them against each other. I think we can all agree that all eight of these titles had their moments and had things that are worth praise, but some that are also worth criticism. So uh, let's talk about what do we think? What Phase Four MCU series? Do we think struggle the most at the bottom of our list? Number eight, who wants to go first? I can go first. I don't think it struggled, but I do think because of the pandemic, it did put a kind of bad hold on this one. I put Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Okay. Me as well. I did as well. I did as well. So we all agree. <laughs> I didn't. I remember. Right. I remember during it, they were like, "I know there was a lot of stuff with the, the 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 what the person got sick from, and I know they took a lot of stuff out because it was reminiscent of COVID." And I remember being like, "It does suck the timing in which this does come out, but it did take a lot out of the storyline for the Flag Smashers and their families." And I was like, "I'm really interested." So I just feel like that was the one bump for me, but it doesn't make it a bad thing. I just, I just it genuinely for me, that's how I felt. Release yeah. the Mama Donya. Yeah, release Mama yeah, Donya. I need her story. The, the cornerstone of the MCU. Very fun character. Love Baron Zemo in it. <laughs> Baron Zemo is so. Oh fun. yeah, I, absolutely. I agree. I think uh, a lot of the things that were introduced in this series, I genuinely love, and I can't wait to see again in the MCU. Especially introducing uh, Sam Wilson as Captain America. I think it's great. Uh, I like Joaquin Torres, um, and I can't wait to see Bucky again in Thunderbolts. I can't wait to see Zemo again. My issues with it is if this were just a series about Sam Wilson coming to terms with his uh, his legacy of carrying the shield. Um, talking to um, uh, the Bradley family and getting to know them and the whole racist history of, of, of the Super Soldier program. I think that's a fascinating series. My issue with this is that they also made this a Flag Smasher series, and I don't think they knew uh, halfway through that production exactly what they wanted to say yep. with the Flag Smashers, and it was a bit yep. of a it was right. mess. Yep. I think some of it was yep. like uh, re-editing from, from COVID parallels. Uh, I think some of it also was just like a misfire with uh, the character... John Walker of Johnny Manny's is empty as coined him. I just think like the, <laughs> that character was meant to be a villain and the way that they redeemed him in the final yeah. episode just really left a bad taste in my mouth. Like he was uh, quoting Abraham Lincoln and then giving each other pats on the shoulder, helping each other out. I'm like, no, this character is a, bad is a murderer and we shouldn't be feeling good about him right now. Also, I just think that the whole twist with the power broker is Sharon Carter, yeah. which is such a, a misfire with the character of Sharon Carter. I think yeah. she was so interesting coming out of Civil War and, uh, and Winter Soldier, and now coming into the show where she we have to imagine this weird off-screen storyline where she rose to this like criminal mastermind of Madripoor. I just thought was like the most the least interesting version of the power broker character. And I'm just not excited to see power broker again in the MCU. This is just me. But again, all the stuff, uh, I love seeing Bucky. I love seeing Sam Wilson. I just think like the fact that the first episode of that series, they are not together at all. And they are the titular duo. And then for like one sixth of the story, they're not hanging out. Or like, I feel like what was promised to me was like this cool buddy action comedy. And we got so little of that in this show overall. Yeah, I, I no, I, I um I definitely did like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like it's it was a really great show. Um and like you're right, like I really would have appreciated like the duo like assembling pretty early on and like, you know, just having that buddy cop action. And I definitely agree that the Flag Smashers were not handled right at all. The Flag Smashers were underutilized and like I, I feel like they had the opportunity. I feel like what in what they really wanted to do 
with um, the show was sort of show how the super soldier serum can make what is going on inside even worse. And like, so like, you know, Johnny Mayonnaise was already dealing with, you know, his own PTSD and the super soldier serum made it worse and it amplified his, um, his, his mental illness. And I think in the same with, um, with Carly and of the flag smashers. And um, I feel like that's what they were trying to go for, but like they didn't really do a great job with um, sort of like making that clear. But like, yeah, I sort of just think it, just, it was sort of a mess, but like, it was a great show. I really enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed like, you know, reviewing it. And like, I, I had a really great time with it. And I, I love seeing uh, Sam Wilson appear as Captain America for the first time. Goosebumps every time. Um, it's yeah. just, it's so cool, um, especially as a, as a black person. Just like, yo, this is, this is happening. This is actually happening. Yeah, it's sad as a black um, person but... to put it also as our last... <laughs> <laughs> as yes, I, I know that's, i feel, it, I, feel it, I genuinely was like but that's also the thing is like i wanted a lot more and i didn't right it <laughs> yeah so i mean i think one of the the best phase four storylines overall was just sam wilson's journey with the bradley family and with uh, isaiah bradley i think that's one of the most daring one of the boldest one of the most fascinating storylines and i wish that could have just been the show mm-hmm. like just right, that 100 exactly. you know would have been would have been in at least my top three, you know? Um, but I think, like, yeah, the issue with the Flag Smashers is, among many things, even looking back on it, I, I still struggle to remember, were they people who were blipped, but then, like, blipped back into reality where they didn't have a home anymore? Or no, they weren't. They were people who survived the blip, but then were displaced by that. And the fact that we didn't see that at all, especially coming on the other side of a lot of these Disney Plus titles where we got to see that for uh, Yelena Belova, um and like the people that were disheveled by that return like the fact that we just didn't see that just felt like such like a half-baked uh motivation for those characters right i definitely yeah i feel like we we definitely should have like seen a scene of just like people being like all right leave we're we're, we're moving into a different area and like people you know being affected by that and like yeah that would have like gone a long way for sure yeah for that series Instead, we just got these weird shots of like a a, a refugee camp where, where kids mm-hmm. are playing soccer and then we hear this voiceover of like characters who are strategizing we don't see anyone talking on screen and we're like what the hell is going on right now uh it was a mess all right let's move on to our number seven picks um, okay who wants to go first for their number seven um i can go so i can um break someone's heart in this room a little quicker um okay Okay. number seven is hawkeye (laughs) for me number seven is hawkeye okay hawkeye was number seven for me (gasps) too wow Haley steinfeld is shook Haley steinfeld is shook um should we talk about real quick before we hear what mt's number seven is let's quickly say why jessica and i thought i thought it was uh i genuinely think it was a fine show i love all the characters in it i think it was fine um, I just think the other shows compared to it didn't hold up for me. Um, it, it, I needed to like Clint a lot more in order. I liked Haley. I like Kate Bishop way more than Clint. I was like, I don't think I like Clint enough. I don't like Clint enough. And I need someone to give me more reason to love Clint. I just don't think I got enough. And I felt more for right. Kate Bishop. I felt way more for Kate Bishop. I thought um, this series really had some great characters in it. I love the introduction of Kate Bishop and the inclusion of um, of uh, Yelena Belova. I love Maya Lopez, and I can't wait to see Echo. Um, I just think, for me, it's very important that these series stick the landing. And when in the final two episodes, they just completely faceplant. And I think, in my opinion, Hawkeye totally did faceplant at the end. That finale episode is a really poorly edited episode of TV. And I think is that the, uh, the way Belova? they introduced Kingpin... Is that the Yelena Belova cry? No, the Yelena Belova episode was great. That was right in the middle. I'm oh. talking about where they finally reveal that Kingpin, like episode five, had Kingpin mm. showed on a freaking cell phone, like a really poorly. <laughs> that's the way you introduce Kingpin in, uh, in this uh, part of the MCU. And then from there, we go into this episode where it's like he's the character. We have no idea really where he's coming from. They cut so many scenes with Kingpin with uh, with Eleanor Bishop. Uh, we don't really know if he's super powered or not. And it's just the character of Kazi. Uh, these scenes where Kazi is fighting Echo are just such a mess. Uh, like, we don't really know how we're supposed to feel with these characters. There's so many plot lines that we're just like, wait, really? That's what it culminates in? Uh, like, uh, there's like an owl that comes down and and dooms 
two of the tracksuits to the most horrific death I think I've seen in the MCU, including Multiverse of Madness. I don't know. I really, really just like so many of the early episodes. I love the holiday vibes. I love the chase scene, the, the Pym Arrow. So many high watermarks for me in Hawkeye. Again, I don't hate it that much. It's just so many of the, all these other oh, titles you don't? just uh, eked it I would have never guessed that from that. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 right. you remind me a lot You're of things right. that I genuinely forgot about. Like I did for, which is horrible i forgot we were introduced to uh wilson fisk this way that we were introduced to him yeah. on a cell phone we were and we were all so mad <laughs> <laughs> i forgot about that completely because it was in christmas it was so long ago almost a full year yeah, oh right. my god i completely forgot yeah. about that yeah that's true that's true but you know what i love the christmas vibes of this show i i've tried when i think back on it i really try to remember how much i love those first four episodes how much i loved maya's introduction episode three her and her karate class as a kid i really 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 enjoyed all that um mt you'll have your chance to defend your hawkeye you position later I, but what was your number i'm so excited to hear yeah. what your seven is i'm so excited and if it hurts yeah. my feelings i'm gonna wind oh, up it's I know. I see now. No, I feel, no, 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 no. I, feel, I, I struggled with this. I struggled with this, <laughs> okay. even though I really enjoyed the show. This is like, even though, like, you know, this these are the bottom of our list. This by no means means that we think that they sucked. It's just like you know, what it's is a, it? it at the bottom of our list. Um, it is uh, the Mr. Bean uh, season one. Uh, very <laughs> low on my. Just kidding. I love Mr. Bean. Um, no, Miss Marvel for me is my Ms. number. Miss Marvel. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I. I though I really had a great time with the show and like it was just you know I I loved hanging out with Kamala's family and hanging out with her friends and like the editing of the first few episodes was phenomenal like I just I love that show so much um but I just feel like the villains were not really all that compelling for me and like that whole I'll never forget the the DODC escape scene where they just sort of just escaped just walked in out. the tunnel stepped up the stairs yeah like right near the exit and like it was just like whoa like really and like i i wanted to see more of the clandestines um mm-hmm. dimension and like how they lived and like they kept talking about yeah like we're, we live this way and like these things are the, like like show us what your universe is like because it seems like you guys are just like energy beings so like show us the stakes show us what it would look like if you guys um if the if the fault or um the the crack or whatever the uh, forget what the it was veil called, the, the veil uh, the veil cracked yes um the veil cracked and like what would our universe look like and like what are the and like we didn't really get that and like I I liked how they tied um the crack in the veil with like Kamala Khan's symbol and like you know that's sort of what that means and like I I like that Kamala is has her roots in, her, in this interdimensional like uh species or or beings um but like I just feel like you know, having that that final battle with Cameron, it was nice symbolism, but like it just didn't really do it for me. I feel like it. the whole, I just I, yeah. I I wish that her her origin story was a little bit more like oh shit, like what like these villains are really compelling and like we didn't really get that. And like there's plenty of room for that in the future, obviously, but like um, I I just wanted more from that. I feel but, that. But other than that, like the show was great, and like I yeah. I loved. Amon Valani's performance as Miss Marvel. And uh, I, you bring yeah. up a lot of good points, MT. And you're just like, you know, you're reminding me of a lot of issues I had in the middle of that season of watching Ms. Marvel. Yeah, a lot of the stuff with the clandestines and the veil is just really, really underdeveloped. And we don't really get to explore it nearly enough. It seems like they were trying to fit a lot in that series. And yeah, it definitely did lose me, especially at that wedding fight where all their powers were supposed to be like this was supposed to be a big spectacle of superpowered people fighting when they got arrested and put in the dodc and they're able to break out it makes no sense i think everything with the clandestines was a bit of a mess to me they were the flag smashers of ms marvel yeah it's just yeah, like they didn't need to be part of the show the flag smashers didn't need to be in falcon winter soldier the uh and the clandestines did not to be need to be in ms marvel in my opinion but that was just me yeah i feel like there's I, I feel like they could have been in those shows but they could have just been handled a little bit better um, yeah, but you know, it is what it is. My, it's all good. Let's. Oh, yeah, go I was ahead, gonna say Jess. my six and five are kind of interchangeable. I don't want to jump ship. Okay, I okay. don't want to jump and tell you my fifth, but they are interchangeable. And I just kind of want to say that before okay. I say what my number six is. Okay. Fair okay. Enough. I put my number six as She Hulk. 
Okay, okay. Jess, so far you and I are exactly the same. <laughs> She-Hulk is my number six Holy as well. Did you look bananas. at my list? No, Did you hack into my computer? No. I think our number five is the, the same Jess works too. for the Pentagon confirmed. Wow, wow. I know, right, I know so, our number uh, two and number one are different though. I know our number two and number one are different. I can guarantee okay. that. I was gonna say, let's just quickly, let's do the same thing and uh, and assess why Jess and I, I could say for me, um, She-Hulk was originally lower on my list. I think I had it lower than Hawkeye. I don't know if I had it lower than Falcon Winter Soldier, but I think uh, She-Hulk really saved itself with its final two episodes. I very much enjoyed the Daredevil episode and I really, really did love this finale. I think it's exactly what I wanted from She-Hulk. Even though even though She-Hulk left me a lot of unanswered questions, I think uh, those that middle stretch of episodes really, really did want us to care about the Intelligentsia, uh, wanted us to care about Titania at several points. Um, and I think it really did lose its way. I think this is a result of uh, post-production restructuring of the season is the reason why we were left with uh, feeling a little wandering in the middle of the season. I really did like this emotional confession from Jen when she was up at this ranch. I like this character beat from her. Um, but I just think in general, this season really would have benefited from more structural breaking the fourth wall, not just the character talking to the audience, but like video glitches, things like that, just to kind of let us know that this is all the presented simulation of a, of a robotic mastermind. Um, but uh, overall, I I very much enjoyed the introduction of uh, Jen Walters. I just think like the other two titles at the bottom of my list, they just introduced too much on this show and didn't really seem to have a firm gr uh, grasp on what story they wanted to tell. And I think with, and this is just my opinion, I think uh, if you're gonna have a character break the fourth wall and talk to talk to the audience, you have to know exactly who that audience is. And I think the She-Hulk writers are all very, very, very talented people. And I can't wait to see what they do next. But I think they were writing this show just a bit too much for their friends on Twitter who are part of the LA comedy scene, who uh, watch episodes of Marvel shows in between of episodes of Succession and Euphoria and not people who religiously watch every Disney plus Marvel show. Um, because I think if you knew the audience who was watching the Disney Plus Marvel shows, you would have just had a couple different to jokes be that fair, you put in there. there were there were a lot of jokes in there where I was like, I was like, this is perfect. I love this. But then when I would do my breakdown and uh, my friends would do their breakdowns and I'd watch theirs and I was like, no, that's not correct. And then I was like, they're not in L.A. doing comedy at UCB like I did. And like there was lines where I was like, Cody, you strictly put in like a nod to L.A. like comedy scene. And I don't think anyone else would get that. I didn't think about that, but that is true. I put She-Hulk as my number six because I love She-Hulk. I'm going to say that first. I love She-Hulk. I did the breakdowns. I read the comics. I love She-Hulk. Great show. Great show. But it was a show that I don't think the information I took from that show isn't going to alter too much of the MCU for me. And when I say that, it's like. Hawkeye and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier had a lot of information. We're getting the Thunderbolts next with these people. And it's like She-Hulk, the show was supposed to be about She-Hulk. And the thing that's going further in the MCU is Scar and Hulk. <laughs> so I didn't really, I yeah. was like, I, the show is about She-Hulk. And then the thing that we're going to really be talking about is Scar and Hulk. We're going to talk about Daredevil too, but Daredevil's also going to get his own series and be an Echo. So it's like, it doesn't. He didn't need to be in She-Hulk to be a bigger person. He's going to get his own show and he's going to be an Echo. So it's like, he's fine. He's fine when in and not in She-Hulk. But like, I was like, there's a lot of stuff in here that I was like, this is for me as a 30 year old woman, not for me as like a Marvel fan. Which I think is okay. Um, and I just, um, a, a, a lot of the counter argument to that, Jess, I've heard is like, well, not everything has to be for everyone sometimes. And I, to that, I say, yeah, I think there no, are some true. shows that um, are are trying to prioritize one audience over another. I think that's uh, totally fine. Yeah. But I would make that same argument for some other titles on the list. I would make, I don't think the show Euphoria was written for me, no. but I still very much enjoyed yeah. Euphoria. I think that's an A plus episode. I think it's an A plus TV show. Yeah. Uh, I think if you do it right, a show can still yeah. elevate and give representation to a different uh, type of character in a different storyline while still inviting an audience who that isn't necessarily for into enjoying it. And I don't think She-Hulk did that well enough. To be fair, uh, to go along with my thing, my number one is kind of in the same book and we'll get into it in a second. Uh, <laughs> my number one okay. is kind of the same cool, thing. Cool, cool, cool. Um, but let's, let's keep moving on. MT, what's your number six? My number six is um, Hawkeye. Um, okay. I put number So you put Hawkeye, Hawkeye and six. then Miss Marvel. <laughs> oh, there's a writing. Over there. Right. Okay. Okay, fair um, enough. And like, you know, like I struggled with this one because like, you know, I really enjoyed both these series again. 
But like, I really just loved how Hawkeye had like a really good Christmassy feel while also introducing Kate Bishop in a really dope way. And like, you know, I, I, I've been wanting Kate Bishop in the MCU for forever. Um, and like after reading um, like the Matt Fraction run, like of Hawkeye, which is like the the number one run. I'm just like, bro, hearing that they were going to adapt that, I was like, yo, let's go. Like, this, it's like literally so much fun. It's such a fun run. Um, and they did a great job with adapting it. Um, but like the reason why it's so low for me is because, um, you know, like they, the villains weren't all that um, interesting. And I just felt like the, I mean, the, I like the track suits. Those were really fun. But like, I didn't really know what they were doing with the watch. And like, they didn't really know, they didn't really spell that out. And like why they were going after it, and I'm sure that's going to be really important later on in the MCU. But like, <laughs> I don't know, you know, and the revelation that like you know she's she's Mockingbird apparently in the MCU um, is is I mean it's not really confusing for us because like we've sort of like assumed that the Agents of Shield universe is not six one six and it's like a, an adjacent neighboring universe. But um, a lot of people seeing that were just like, whoa, what happened to? The, uh, the Mockingbird from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, so, like, I don't know. I, I just feel like they, should, they could have just explained that more and why that was a bigger deal. And, like, you know, again, like you guys said, the, the, Wilson, the Wilson Fisk reveal. Um, though, like, I'm, I feel like it was edited, sl- like, um, oddly because they were trying to keep it a secret. Because, um, like, I was, like I'll, I'll, that's all I was thinking when I was watching that episode. I was like, all right, they're probably in this secluded room. Because, like, if they were, like, outside, like, everyone would know. Like, all of the scenes were just, like, hidden. And, like, um, so, I don't know. I feel like that could have been a factor and also COVID. But anyway, yeah, that's my that's my number six. Yeah, yeah. I okay. think you bring up a lot of good points, MT. I, I'm, I love all three of our lists. I mean, Jess, obviously you and I have the same list. But I like how you have different reasons why you're placing things. And MT, you are currently the, the rogue one of the bunch here. But uh, <laughs> I can't argue. I cannot debate. Uh, any of your points here. I think you are completely right in the way you're ranking things. Let's move on to number Brand. five. Now, Jess, What's you your said five? your number five What's was number pretty five? interchangeable. I want to hear your number right. five. <laughs> I will start with my number five. My number five is <laughs> what if is my I number five. I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to do that. I knew. You know why I knew you were going to do that? Because my number five was what if, but last minute before we jumped in this, I changed it. I changed it. I oh changed my it. god, Miss Marvel okay. is Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel's my number five. I changed Miss Marvel. I changed my number five to Miss Marvel. So mine's oh. different than yours. I changed okay. it right before this meeting. Okay. I kid you not. Because I thought about it. I thought about it. I want to hear why you chose what if though. Because I thought I was gonna put what if. What if was higher in uh, in my list as I was like going through the uh, MCU Phase Four titles? I very very much enjoy What If, and I think the Doctor Strange episode of What If is like by itself like a top five uh, storyline in all the MCU subplots in this phase for sure. I think just uh, the series overall was just a little too uneven. The episodes were just kind of a grab bag. Some episodes were just so, so good. I love the Black Panther Guardians of the Galaxy episode. I I like the Peggy Carter intro. I thought that was really fun. Um, I think the Thor episode is just completely forgettable and just ridiculous. Um, (laughs) And um, I very much enjoy the the twist uh, in What If to have... uh, Because here's what I really love about What If. It might be... Maybe it deserves to be higher on my list, but I just think like... What it does really well is AC Bradley just understood um, from an outside bird's eye view vision what they wanted this series to be. And I think it's just artfully really, really well done. I think tonally it's a little mismatched. I really do love how the characters come together at the end to form the Guardians of the Multiverse uh, to fight um, uh, Ultron Infinity. I think um, the the finale episodes mostly stick the ending. Uh, mostly stick the ending. We just have this weird kind of place where like, Characters get leveled up way too fast to where we can't even understand what their power uh, stakes are anymore. And it almost feels like me on the playground in third grade being like, well, I have a shield that can beat your sword. Well, I have a sword that also has a gun attached to it. Well, I'm also a god that can oversee all robots. Well, I'm also a robot that can oversee all gods. It's kind of like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, what is anything anymore? And uh, so it just kind of seemed like it it, uh, just kind of blew everything up a little too fast for me. But I say this as someone who very much loved What If. I, We're in the middle stage here. I don't want to criticize it too much. I loved What I think that's why, What If was my number five. What If was my number five. But I, like you said, that Doctor Strange episode took me by storm, dude. I, oh, mm-hmm. oh. 
art. Cin- like, Perfecto. Oh my God, poetic cinema. Like it was <laughs> so good. I I remember being like, I sat there and just watched my screen <laughs> after that episode ended. And I love the, I love the T'Challa episode. I thought it was really sweet. Just also just again, the opinions of everyone else's views uh, in that episode. I just, I think I just genuinely like what if, cause it reminds me of us. It's, it's what we do. It's like, it's like, yeah, maybe it won't fit on their timeline, but we could make a series that does fit on the timeline. What you're saying is logical. So it's like, we could make what if like it, I, I just love what if. Okay, by the way, number five is Miss Marvel for me because um, I um, I loved Miss Marvel. I read the comics and I love the comics. I think they did a really good job. And no, a lot of people, that was a lot of people's actual like frustration with Marvel. They're like, it's not like the comics. And I was like, I think they did a pretty good job. Um, I like the comics. I like the show. And um, it was for me, I put Miss Marvel in another show really high because I learned from it. I went to a school in the Pacific Northwest where they didn't get into the partition of India at all. And so all of the stuff I learned about like a East Coast Pakistani American family, I genuinely had to start like looking into myself after watching Miss Marvel and during Miss Marvel because I didn't know a lot about that culture. So I genuinely put Miss Marvel as number five because I was like, I learned a lot about it culturally and I'm really excited to see this character and her family. And also, is there another character in the mcu yet that's like a child that literally just came to her parents and they were like we're cool it's fine we know you're a superhero that's fine like uh, i mean maybe peter parker a little bit a little oh bit, yeah but a like bit, uh, yeah then, you're right <laughs> she died uh, either yeah. way but <laughs> either way don't mean to ruin people's feelings today but yeah i like her family and i like the idea of just getting the point of view of a family that's genuinely like yeah you are a hero you're a hero without powers and you're a hero with powers and the mom being okay because i think a lot of us have those moms that are kind of helicopter moms that are always looking out just to make sure we're safe. Oh, yeah. No, like I identified a lot with Kamala's situation because like I I have a Haitian mom and uh, like who's very religious and she would not let me do anything, anything. So uh, I felt I felt for that. I felt I felt. MT, what is your number five? Uh, I'm excited. What is it? My number five gang is She-Hulk. Okay. You you love (laughs) She-Hulk. You love She-Hulk. I love She-Hulk. Like, She-Hulk is literally uh, tied for my number one favorite MCU character right now with um, Vision and Steve Rogers. I just love, like, how she can, like, break the fourth wall, but also just how, I don't know, just she's just personable and she's real. And Tatiana Maslany is just the perfect, the perfect woman for this role. I, I, I didn't know that she existed before this. And my God, she's like, she's literally perfect. She's like the the right amount of sassy. And like, she's just like, hey, what is going on? And like, I like that, like Tatiana in real life doesn't know a lot about the MCU like us because like she's willing, she has that perspective of like, all right, I'm like learning more gradually, but like, it's more like a outside looking at, she she can look at like, what's like the, the tropes of the MCU and be like, why do we, why does this have to be this way? Or like, it just it feels like a, a more authentic performance because um you know Tatiana is new to the MCU and like it was just really just I just love that show but I there are a lot of like um things that I wish sort of and like I know that like this is the way that I'm supposed to feel because like she changed the ending and made her own ending for the show but like I really wish that like the blood thing went went somewhere yeah. like we were because like she I agree. she's right I she mentioned agree. that it was a lot like the super soldier serum um because there is roots in the super soldier serum with bruce's blood um so but like i kind of like wish like the intelligentsia stuff was more concrete and like yeah because like they mentioned the intelligentsia in avengers 2 that's already a previously established um entity um associated with claw and you know i just kind of wish that it sort of moved those narratives along but it didn't really do it but that's totally fine because like you know shield changed the ending it's just, you know, I there it wasn't 100% like, yeah, I got what I wanted. But, like, it was still a fantastic show. And, like, I love that Toxic Men uh, was just so just angered by this show. Because I'm just like, you guys are proving the point. And um, I'm glad that, like, this show was able to break the fourth wall so strongly that uh, it uh, it made Redditors actually mad. So, it's pretty crazy how up. like um, how prophetic these writers could be and anticipate every argument. Like, sure, maybe they they added some lines in post, but they added plot points 
uh, based mm-hmm. off of what they anticipated the response to be, which I just think is pretty brilliant. Yo, it's f***ing like 5D chess, bro. Oh, for sure. All right, we're halfway through our lists. I want to continue, but first I want to thank some sponsors who helped us make this episode. The second season of the hit show, DC's Batman, The Audio Adventures, is now on HBO Max. Gotham City, a seething cauldron of crime and corruption, is about to boil over in the long shadow of Two-Face and the Penguin's combined criminal might. Gotham City is gripped in twin fists of passion and terror as Harleen Quinzel bulldozes a path to her heart's desire and Scarecrow floods the city with new and improved nightmares. Tune in for A Tale of Life and Death in Gotham City, starring Jeffrey Wright, Rosario Dawson, Bradley Whitford, Jillian Jacobs, Kenan Thompson, and Chris Parnell. Friend of the channel, Bobby Moynihan, plays a penguin. He said in an interview with TV Insider that it's the role he's most proud of in his career. Stream DC's Batman The Audio Adventures Season 2 now on HBO Max. We also want to thank Helix Sleep for sponsoring this episode. Sleep is important, and here at New Rockstars, we trust Helix to protect our sleep with the best mattresses in the world. I have a Helix mattress, as does MT, and recently producer Zach and producer John also got Helix mattresses. Helix Sleep is a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and your sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Everybody's unique, and Helix knows that, so they have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Mattress is great for spinal alignment to prevent morning aches and pains. Even a Helix Plus mattress or plus-size sleepers. Producer Zach took the Helix quiz and was matched with a Midnight Lux mattress because he's a side sleeper. They needed a softer mattress, and now he doesn't wake up with a sore shoulder or neck like he did with the other mattresses. Just go to helixsleep.com slash insidemarvel, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. And they have a 10-year warranty to get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash insidemarvel. All right, let's get back to our rankings. We are now halfway through our list, and we are now at number four on our list. Who wants to go first? I can, because I already talked about it. What if, dude? Easy. Easy. That episode. Easy ruined four. me dude wow. i almost damn dude that dr strange so god damn i don't even, i can't get into it just go <laughs> <laughs> yeah what if had some very high highs oh, um a title that i'm surprised has not come up um on our list because i thought some of you would rank it lower my number four is moon knight dude um, dude i'm glad to hear you guys as well dude, wait till you get all right no, mt and no. i both ranked it as wait till you get to mine okay all right here's my thinking on moon knight um i go back and forth this on this one and i would imagine a lot of people in the comments right now have been screaming all episode like why don't you rank moon knight lower how do you think she hulk and hawkeye and ms marvel whatever or, or, or what if or worse than moon knight i thought moon knight had such high highs and i think moon knight had honestly the best acting performance we've seen in any of these titles from oscar isaac playing distinctly uh different characters uh i just thought was so so fascinating i thought the show was so informative educational in, in terms of the the nature of uh, dissociative identity disorder and to egyptology uh i i love that it uh seemed to be very sure of itself in a way that um, most other titles on our list seemed to be kind of wavering on what story they wanted to tell. I thought they really captured this era and this aspect of the Moon Knight character and fit it into the MCU in a way that uh, seemed really uh, uh, seamless. And uh, speaking of seams, uh, I don't think Moon Knight is given enough credit for having the best suit, the best fit of any of Mm. these characters. The way that uh, suit uh, weaves over the character and encases him to me, it's right up there with Tony Stark first Iron Man movie. And when I was at D23, I looked at all the costumes and I'm like, sure, you know, the WandaVision costume's pretty cool. The Loki costume's pretty cool. But the Moon Knight, I looked at each one of those costumes, the suit of uh, the tie, the suit, and then uh, that ski mask that goes over. And then just like the hooded suit with the pointed edge, like that is so important. Like the costume design is often just kind of neglected in the MCU and a lot of these titles, but Moon Knight I think is so authentic. I thought it was so creepy and weird and I can't wait to see more of this in the MCU. Yeah, it has some low points. I think a lot of the stuff with the the other, um, the Ennead was, uh, was a little weak. I think the way that they just kind of left uh, Scarlet Scarab just kind of hang in there at the end of the series. I don't, I was a little bummed by because I'm like, I thought that character was so fascinating. I can't wait to see more of. But like when they go down, like episode five, we explored the underworld as a psychiatric hospital and then just going out on the deck in the duot. I thought it was some of the most gripping, weird world building I've ever seen in the MCU. And I thought that was so fascinating. But that's it's just me. No, like I, I completely agree. Like that's why I put Moon Knight as my number four for, uh, it, I just feel like it could have been, I feel like it would have been higher um, if it weren't for the the, the loss of um, that actor. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Gaspar Gugliel. Because like yeah. I'm sure they, they had a different story. Because like they they had that whole um that whole arc in the in the sarcophagus with the uh, undead people and like there was like 
like grabbed um, the Scarlet Scarab's character, uh, Layla. Um, I feel like there was a, the whole sequence there that they uh, replaced for that, um, for Steven and, and Layla sort of like having that little moment with that mummy. Yeah, but like, I, I don't know. I just feel like they were just sort of like caught up with editing because they had to edit around his death. Um, but for the most part, Moon Knight was fantastic. And like, I, I really enjoyed um, how it was just like a mystery at the beginning. Like, all right, what's going on? And like, we because we are familiar with the character of Moon Knight, we knew that there was multiple altars and like, you know, a, a whole thing going on there. But like, even knowing that, we still were just like, all right, so we're introduced with Steven and like, instead of Mark. So like, where is Mark? And like, why is he here? And like, it's just like, I like a good mystery. And like, it's sort of why I like WandaVision a lot. And like, I like, I like not knowing where we're, we're going. And uh, I feel like Moon Knight and, um, you know, they all just handled it really well. And like, um, and like the, the fantastic choices. Like I wanted Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight for the longest time. So I'm glad that I got that a fan cast going. And um, I, I love the, the the choice for Khonshu, like his perfect voice, like deep, mm, deep everything. commanding voice. So good. I mean, the design of Khonshu was just incredible and creepy, the way mm -hmm. they use light uh, with that character. Um, Jess, we're going to let you get to Moon Knight in a second because we know it's higher in your list. And you already talked about what if. So let's move on to our number threes. Which mine is Moon Knight. Yes. <laughs> All right, so go My off. My number three is Moon Knight. <laughs> Moon Knight My number three is Moon Knight, baby. What you guys were saying was perfect. Also, I'm not trying to be that person, but I'm going to be that person. Greek mythology is great. I love it. It's fun. We've seen so much. Egyptian mythology? No, no. I'm saying just in general, Greek mythology is great. It's fun. Oh. But how much y'all know about Egyptian mythology? How much you guys know about these Egyptian mm. gods? How much? Of, how many of us were going into Moon Knight being like, oh, I don't even know if I'm going to watch it. Not in the, not us three, but you guys in the audience. A lot of you guys were like, I don't even know who this character is. Turned out to be one of the best things to watch. Are you out of your mind? That show did a full 360 for people. <laughs> people were not even going to give it a chance. And then the people that did watch it were like, Dude, this show was insane. This, this show sick as hell. The acting was great. We learned so much about, there's gods constantly in the MCU, but we never talk about the Aeneid and we never talk about the Egyptian gods. We will talk mm -hmm. about the Eternals before we even talk about these fellas. So, and this these fellas link directly to Wakanda. So it's like, you guys, look into this. This is insane. It's not just like, uh, a, a POC driven, like great idea for uh, a superhero show. <laughs> I loved Moon Knight. I, my best friend was like, is obsessed with Moon Knight. This is his number one character since he was a child. He was like, here's the comics you need to read. I read them. I was like, this is phenomenal. And then when I watched the show, I was like, oh my God. So it's number three. Number three. Number three. Fair, okay. number fair three. enough. Oh. Fair enough. I'll tell you, that's very yeah. fair. Very, very fair. I yeah. agree. All right, MT, what was your number three? My number three, I'm going to have to say, is What If. And I am disappointed I, I know. that What If is not in your top three. Because like we, you guys all said, that Doctor Strange episode was phenomenal. And yes, we did the, have the Party Thor episode, which was like, I liked very it. much tailored for kids. It was a fun episode, but like it was like the all right, kids, here's your episode, like purely for you. Have a fun time. Um, but you know, I it's just that the whole like you said, like the guardians of the multiverse and like being introduced to Uatu, and like you could tell that like the, the the MCU was setting up a much bigger narrative here in what if that we we're going to see come into fruition probably during the Secret Wars era when uh, we're gonna see these crossovers of like characters that we never think like we we there's a potential now that um x-men 97 could very well be in secret wars we can see the x-men 97 x-men with with all the mcu characters because like your what ifs um now allow for your animations to be crossed over into the mcu so like i think the what if um in terms of like the the episodes like i just had a good time and like not knowing what's going to happen because anything could happen it's just so much fun, like especially considering what we do for a living of, of just like analyzing um, Marvel comics and like, you know, just sort of like can being able to predict the path with what if it's just like, all right, what if, I don't know, uh, T'Challa was Star-Lord? What, what's what's going to happen there? You, you probably wouldn't imagine that Thanos would be in Wakanda um, being nice to everyone. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. 
Uh, so I, I like that value and I, I hope that show never gets canceled. I hope it just keeps on going forever because we can just have a lot of fun with that. Anyway, sorry. That's you me. bring up a lot of good <laughs> points, and T, it really that show really did open our mind to possibilities in ways that other shows didn't. Um, my number three is Ms. Marvel. I'm um, proud. Ms. I'm happy. Marvel. I, yes. I'm happy. I think I uh, and a lot of people are gonna say, "Oh, you just like flattered by Iman Vellani being a fan of you." Uh, I am. A, uh, I, I am, am obviously a fan of Iman Vellani. I think that's really cool. Um, but. I just think the reason I rank this show so high is like, this is the example. This is the way you do it. If you want to bring in an audience to uh, sympathize and empathize and connect with a character who they have very, very little in common with, this is how you do it. You highlight an aspect of that character that is universal. And what this character, uh, Kamala Khan, and this is true for her in the comics, is what G. Willow Wilson did so well, is she's just what every MCU fan is. She's a fan of these Marvel heroes. She wants to be one of them. She's a fangirl. And that's something we can all connect with. Like, I was shocked at how much I connected with this character, and it reminded me of things that I had long forgotten about my high school experience. Uh, and the fact that it brought, transported me back to high school, I was like, holy crap, holy crap. That idea of having parents who like don't understand your fandom. The idea that begins with her making a YouTube video. We are all on YouTube right now. And this show got that. Like they were, and that was not in the comics. You know, Kamala Khan was not a YouTuber in the comics. They invented that. And it was such a seamless way to transition from the rest of the MCU, but into the, the world of this character. Uh, yeah, it did have the, there were some episodes of the show where it did lose us a little bit, but I would not have thought going into this, that this show would have everything. It would have mutants. It would have the 10 rings. It would have connections to Kree technology and setting up the MCU cosmic uh, uh, connections to potentially uh, the dark dimension or not the dark dimension, but you know what I mean? Like the, the negative zone uh, and then have, uh, so I wish they could have explored more of the veil, yeah, the Nord dimension a bit more. Cause it's one thing that I, I wish we explored more, but I just think what it did accomplish so well and uh, explain the history of the partition, weave that into her, into her arc, the fact that it connected time travel and predestination and kind of gave us some firm answers on how time travel actually works in the MCU. Mm -hmm. Because with the introduction of Kang, really all time travel is actually a predestined thing. It's a loop. And the fact that this show could kind of give us clarity on questions we have from Avengers Endgame, I just think it's so impressive. Um, so that's why I love it. I probably love it more than a lot of people do. But I, to me, it always will have that place in my heart. It's interesting because it's like, the when we get into what if Moon Knight Miss Marvel era and above, I'm like... I could easily put Miss Marvel as my number two. I could move What If to my number one. These are all great properties. I love them so much. Right. They're, they're yeah, all in a higher echelon. All great shows. So we're now, we all clearly have the same um, two titles somewhere in but our number one, one and number two. one goes before the we're other. We're going to reveal that. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. One will go before the other. Before we reveal that, there's one other sponsor I want to thank for helping us make this episode. I want all of us to listen to the new Audible original, The Sandman Act 3, the next installment of the number one New York Times audio bestseller based on the best-selling DC graphic novels written by the great Neil Gaiman, adapted and directed by the award-winning audio master Dirk Maggs. James McAvoy returns in the title role of Morpheus, Lord of Dreams. A stellar cast includes Kat Dennings, Kristen Schaal, Jeffrey Wright, Reggae, Jean Page, and Neil Gaiman himself. New to Act 3 are David Harwood, KJ Apa, and Will Wheaton. In Act 3, we follow Morpheus on a grand journey to take care of family business. He visits his son Orpheus, an act that comes with profound consequences. Accompanied by delirium, he tracks down their strange brother, Destruction, the only member of the Endless ever to abandon their post. And in the end, by seeking destruction, Morpheus just might bring those forces upon himself. Act three of the Sandman audio epic takes us through the fan favorite collected volume eight, Brief Lives, and the reality storm tales of volume seven, World's End, a fully immersive listening experience presented for the first time in breathtaking 3D audio. Go deeper into the dreaming. Listen now, only on Audible. All right, we arrive at the end of our rankings. Our number one and number two. Obviously, we have WandaVision, we have Loki somewhere in the title. Where will they end for each of us? Uh, who would like to begin? I can go first. And I'm just going to talk about both of them because it's they're both sure. great. Clearly, they're great. I really have no yes. nods. But, I mean, peep the tattoo. I'm going to put WandaVision as number one. No, WandaVision will be number one. Also, I love Scarlet Witch. I love spooky things. So of course I'm doing this. I'm very stoked for Agatha How uh, Coven of, or is it Coven of Chaos? I'm very excited for Agatha Coven of Chaos. Yes. I'm excited. The House of the Coven of the Chaos. House, of yes. Co House Chaos Coven. So I'm so excited. And I, I can't wait to see as we get into more spookier things, how this gets involved, evolved 
And same goes for Loki. I'm so excited to see how Loki gets evolved with the TVA and Kang and everything there. So it's like two of my favorite parts of the MCU going in two different directions. It's just which one did I like a little bit more? And to be honest, I started New Rockstars really with WandaVision. So I have to choose WandaVision. That's my baby. That's true. But I love That's both. very true. Both different ideas, different great creations. Oh, um mt what do you have as number one and number two my number two um is very much like jessica's <gasps> no, I, no! I put loki as number two and wow. wandavision as number one and like i i really enjoyed but like this is really hard for me because i i kept I'm flipping surprised. between each, i'm very surprised but like i i really enjoyed loki because like i'm a big time travel guy i love like you know the the concept of time travel and, and like I, I I liked that like I again with the, I like a good mystery and I and like Loki was like the perfect like what is going on we our entire knowledge of the MCU was completely changed of with Loki because like as soon as I saw the those Infinity Stones just like chilling in a drawer I was like yes we're in yes. like a really <laughs> di- like a really different part of the MCU that like we've never really explored and. It was just like I loved seeing um, Jonathan Majors um, just like absolutely kick ass in the final episode with his performance, and like just it was just a very spooky feeling watching Loki because the rules were being rewritten, and like it, it was just like what is going on, and like seeing the man behind the curtain of the entire MCU, you know, you know, barring Kevin obviously, but like the the man behind the the the, the fictional curtain. Um, it, it was just so profound and so really cool. But like, I really like that. But like with WandaVision, like I'm a big fan of pieces of media that like can speak to people uh, on an emotional level and on a human level. And, you know, given that WandaVision came out like during the pandemic and like we were all sort of just, a lot of people were dealing with loss and like, you know, people deal with loss all the time, but like with WandaVision, you know, specifically being about depression and how like you feel empty and like you just the self-destructive nature um, and like just having a difficulty letting go. I think that was just super special in terms of just like people finding comfort in that. And um, I think that that's a, that's why I'm writing Vision so high because it's just like it's just a really meaningful show that was also amazing um and like in this presentation and like the music and like it it just the vision moment when vision was um saying say help the people while he was like himself was disintegrating that was like top top three mcu moments for me that's when like that's when vision became my one of my top favorite heroes because like it was just like wow what a selfless selfless being uh but anyway yes um those are my top two What, what about you eric Okay, um, so um, I have to diverge. My number two is WandaVision. My number one is Loki. I'm surprised. I um, thought but... you both would put Loki as number one. I, I genuinely am very, I was so, I'm very surprised. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but if you ask me any day of the week, whatever my mood is, this will change. These two are almost interchangeable for me because I agree with everything both of you said about WandaVision. I think that show is a true, true work of brilliance. And I think when it arrived in all of our lives, right, it's like, COVID started to take this new phase where we started to get vaccinations, but we're still just like in this drought. The fact that this was our oasis from the Marvel drought was just perfect. Like Marvel couldn't have asked for a better show to kick off phase four. And how much of a love letter, as a kid who grew up on Nick and Knight shows uh, on these classic sitcoms, like grew up on Growing Pains and Full House and Malcolm in the Middle, like (laughs) those middle, yeah, those middles of the season episodes uh, like I was hooked from the beginning just with Dick Van Dyke, I Love Lucy references and Bewitch references because I did grow up watching Nick and Knight uh, episodes of that. I know a lot of people, those black and white episodes w- went right over the head. But for me, I was hooked in how creepy this was whenever like, you know, uh, the character would look directly at camera or when uh, they're like, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. It was like true Twilight Zone horror for me. And uh, like how perfect Matt Shackman calibrated those homages to classic sitcoms was just great. I love the... The mystery factor, Agatha all along was, I think, the best needle drop we've had in the MCU to date. Uh, I love the character of Agatha Harkness. I just think a lot of the, uh, I think the finale, just with the reveal of Ralph Boner, I think they just 
just slightly, slightly missed the mark with what uh, fans were hoping from that character. But that doesn't mean it can't get fixed in a future title, right? Um, but I love WandaVision so much. I love what is grief, if not love persevering. Loki, though, is my number one. Because in my opinion, Loki did not have a single weak moment, did not have a single weak link. I love every single character that was introduced. And I was so blown away how in those six episodes, uh, they were able to keep you captivated in the lore and the world building and the new rules that they gave you. Every single episode gave us new rules gave us new terms, gave us a new lexicon from uh, Nexus points to Nexus, Nexus events, apocalyptic events, uh, the, the way timelines work, uh, like the, what the timekeepers are, so that even by the end of it, when it pulls out the rug from beneath us, it doesn't negate anything that came before. Uh, and you feel like you are attached to Loki to where the rug keeps being pulled out from underneath you each episode. The, the settings, the landscapes, the production design of this show, the performance by Tom Hiddleston, uh, uh, the character of Sylvie, and then of course the masterful performance by Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror, or he remains, but a variant of Kang. Like, they, this was the first time in the, uh, on these Disney Plus shows where we really did feel like, oh, this is a major big bad in these Disney Plus shows. We actually have to watch them episode by episode because these are going to have consequences that we're getting. These rules that we've learned are actually important to the films. Did you and say the fact that they could captivate us? I was like, did you say hmm? the performance of Richard E. Grant? I didn't talk about Richard E. Grant, but you're totally right. He is incredible on this series. Fantastic. Uh, and the fact so that good. he could verify a fan theory that we had four years prior what? on this on this channel. What? Uh, he When he said that he was a piece of debris floating, that was a video that I made on this channel three years earlier. Now, I'm not saying they watched our video. But maybe they did. Maybe they did. But yeah. maybe they did. I just think Jonathan Majors is such a good actor. The fact that they could uh, captivate us with just a monologue from him. I think characters in rooms having conversations is uh, not always easy to make good drama out of. And the fact that they could with this Luke finale. Uh, I think uh, I think it's almost a perfect show. I think to me, the Loki series, the six episodes of Loki, is not only the best of these Disney Plus uh, titles. I think it's better than all of the films of Marvel Phase 4. I put that over Spider-Man wow. No Way Home. I'm sorry. I just think that's incredible. That was such an incredible masterclass in storytelling, in my opinion. No, like, I really enjoyed Loki. Mike Michael Waldron did a fantastic job. And no, I'm so excited to see what he does for Secret Wars. Because, like, I really liked with Loki in particular that, like, we're seeing sort of, like, his punishment for, um, for his entire life of being a shitty person, especially for um, what he did in New York. Um, Cause like, you know, with the Loki on the, on the main timeline, he sort of like, is always like getting away with it and like, you know, like, ha ha I'm just like, you know, just being a trickster or whatever. And like, he finally got his comeuppance with, uh, with Thanos. But like, I, I just really enjoy seeing Loki suffer because, yeah. you know, even though like Loki's a great, great character, but like, I like seeing him like just completely flip and be like, I don't really want a throne. I just want to be loved and to be accepted and for me to love myself. Um, and so I don't know, I think that's really great writing. Anyway, the end. Um, Loki was on a whole other level. You know what? Um, for both of you, I plan to have a whole other segment that talked about comparing these Marvel streaming titles to the Marvel theatrical film releases. The Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Multiverse of Madness. We have to do that next week. we can get into it. Or sometime in the future. We're going to talk about that some point in the future. Maybe we do that after Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. What do you guys feel about that? Yeah, that's after fine. Wakanda Forever, Black after Panther, we get Wakanda Forever is number one. Um, I'm going to say that right now. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we can already say. It's already, already number one, bro. That shit's like it's probably, slap. It's not fair to compare all the Marvel theatrical films of Phase 4 because Wakanda Forever is uh, not, out, not yet. out yet. So we'll wait. We'll, we'll put a pin in that conversation for now. Um, for now, we did not put uh, Werewolf by Night or I Am Groot in this. Honestly, I would put Werewolf by Night as number two right after Loki. Where would you guys put Werewolf by Night? I'd put Werewolf by Night as number... Six. Yeah, I, I would probably do the same. <laughs> Number six. <laughs> Jess wasn't a big fan of Werewolf by okay. Night. Totally fine. No, totally I didn't okay. say Not that. I think you know what you it was. No, no, no. You no. want all, everyone you in that cast know? to die. You know what it, you know it. What it was. You know what it was. It was people like you guys that got the hype up so much for me that when I went and saw it, I was like, yeah, this is good, but it's not. The Wakanda forever. <laughs> I think it lives up to our hype. I think it's as good as my hype. Bro, like, I never thought Disney would go that far. I never thought that Disney would, like, be that gory and, like, well, hardcore. So I was like, yo, this great. is sick. Like, let's it see sounds, more of this. Like, I get play, that. I get go. that for Disney. But as someone that watches gory movies all the time, I was like, okay, it's not crazy. <laughs> yeah, but, like, you know, just, just, just like, that, the fact that we know that the Marvel Studios is able yeah. to go this far with like their gore and their action 
it's just like, all right, let's go. Like Deadpool, Blade, no, yeah. like Blade's I'm gonna so be much less now. worried about those productions because it's going to be like, it balls better be wild. That's true. They have all the time in the world to make it now. Right. So we're going to leave it there, but thank you all so much. We want to, you're going to tell us your rankings anyway, so we don't even need to ask you, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> let us know in the comments below your thoughts on all of our rankings. And please know that like your ranking is the right ranking. So like, yeah, don't oh, for sure. Each and every said. one of your MT rankings. and Jess, I applaud you on being so brave and sharing your, your honest thoughts yep. on these titles. We'll leave it there for this episode of Inside Marvel. Follow me at EA Voss, follow MT at Mastertainment, subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.